Hey friends, and welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Wren, and I'm so glad that you joined me today. Each Friday, I get to share a story from a friend who has a story to tell, a dream that she's pursuing, or a passion to share with you. I love how my guests share their story and how Jesus is now writing it. It's a rainy day here in Memphis, Tennessee, and I am so thankful that you have joined me today and are listening to this episode. This is episode 59 with my friend Brandy Johnson. Brandy and I met a few months back at a Pampered Chef party, and we had a lot of mutual friends, and then I realized that she lived in the neighborhood right next to us, and I saw that she was having a yard sale. I was like, well, I'm going to go out and see, see what she has, and so I went over there, and in the middle of her driveway, she was in the midst of selling her dryer. They were selling and moving from their home, and this sweet man and his wife were trying to buy this dryer and shove it in the back seat of their suburban not the very back but the back seat and it wasn't gonna go but anyway we laughed about it but uh we that was our first time meeting and now we see each other at church and we text and she is precious y'all she has a passion for jesus i just love her and i love her heart So today, Brandy shares her story of how God pursued her, He loved her unconditionally, and how she got to the place of surrendering her life to Him, and how that totally changed her marriage 180 degrees. Shelton and Brandy are walking with the Lord and desiring what He wants for their lives, and they have been called to international missions, which means they're going to be going to a different country to share the love of Jesus and share their marriage story with those around them. So I invite you to listen to her story and the exciting things that are going on in their lives. And so here's my conversation with my friend, Brandy. Welcome to the podcast, Brandy. Thank you so much. It's an honor. I'm excited to be here. Well, I am thrilled to be here with you because I first heard your name um, a few months back when our Sunday school class was going to go to um, one of our members' houses, and they were like, hey, we've got this friend named Brandy, and she's going to come and kind of show us some of the Pampered Chef stuff that you used to sell. Um, or that you sell, and then she's going to tell us her testimony. She has an amazing testimony, and I was like, I don't even know Brandy, and I need to know her. So I had no idea, and I'm sitting there in on the couch in that den, and I'm listening to your story, and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is an incredible story that I want to share with my listeners. So that's how it started. Yeah. So... Yeah. I had heard about you as well and watched your podcast um, a few different times before I met you, and so I was a little starstruck, but oh. um, <laughs> but you're oh, a sweet, mate. sweet uh, person, and I think you're the sweet. world of you, so oh. I'm excited. To, well, yeah. I think the world of you and just hearing your story and just hearing how how you just shared it and were, you were very honest but very encouraging, and mm-hmm. um, and that's why I had you on the podcast. So thanks for coming. Thank you, Thank you so much. Okay, so let's kind of talk about, I want you to tell us, um, if my listeners don't know who you are, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, about your family, and kind of your what you do day to day. Okay. Um, so uh, my name is Brandy Johnson, and um, I am married to Shelton Johnson, and we've been married for 17 years. Um, our anniversary is coming up and I was looking at the date and we were married on the 8th of September oh. and, um, what is that? Is today's, today's the 7th, right? Today? So, is it the 7th? It is. So it's tomorrow. So tomorrow. Happy um, anniversary. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. We're going, um, we're going to dinner tomorrow. And so that's how I'm trying to remember. No, normally it's not on the actual day, but today we get to, or this time we get to actually celebrate on the day. So, yeah. um, yeah. So we've been married for 17 years and, um, we have two children. Our son Silas is 14 and our daughter Addison is uh, 11. She'll be 12 on the 12th, mm-hmm. which is a cool thing for her because she loves numbers. So she's excited about being 12 on the 12th. That's her golden um, birthday, right? If you're, you is. turn 12 on the 12th. Yeah, that's so fun. Yeah. I love it. She's super excited. Um, and we homeschool. Um, the Lord called us to homeschool about five years ago whenever Silas was in fourth grade. 
Um, and he has been so gracious to just bring people alongside us. And we lived in Kentucky when we started homeschooling and I had no idea, um, why, or Mm. I I just, I didn't even think that I was, uh, qualified, which I've learned that, um, the Lord doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And, Mm. uh, that's just been so true in my life throughout, uh, throughout my walk with the Lord. But, um, he, was so gracious to bring others alongside me. And whenever we got to Memphis, I was like, wait a minute, this is the homeschool capital of the world. Really, <laughs> it seemed like to me. Yeah. Just because there are so many people who, mm-hmm. um, who we can do life with here. And, um, and we've been really blessed by that. But, um, so Shelton has been with, um, his company for 12 years and, um, we've moved all over the country with them. And, mm-hmm. um, that's, coming to an end today as well. So you've got a big uh, weekend. Okay. So I can't wait to hear about you and Shelton and how y'all met and your love story. But before we get to that, let's go back kind of um, to your childhood, to some things that were really hard for you, but really make a difference in your story. So can you take us back? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So um, as a child, I was raised in a home uh, where we Went to we went to Catholic school, mm-hmm. and um, and we were kind of back and forth between the Catholic school and the public school, and you know just kind of willy nilly with that. And um, we went to church on Christmas and Easter. Um, we really didn't have um, that kind of every single weekend we would go to church and we would talk about the Lord in our home and you know that thing. And um, and so I really didn't know um, who the Lord was growing up. Um, I, I had my brother, my brother was a year and 10 days old, uh, younger than me. So I was the older sister. Okay. Um, and I was kind of the, um, I was the oldest of 13 grandchildren Aww. and a, a little bit spoiled. Uh, <laughs> <my> <laughs> oh, sweet. Um, yes. I was his super darling and everybody knew it. Mm. Um, but, um, so all that to say, um, he led our family um, so well. He he loved us so well, and um, and just was the patriarch of our family. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but I lived with uh, my mom and dad, um, and my brother. Like I said, he was a year and ten days old or younger than me, and um, we uh, had a had a fairly good relationship. My um, my mom. Uh, spent a lot of time working, and so did my dad. They both worked full-time. So my brother and I spent a lot of time um, at home alone or at our neighbor's house after school. Um, my, my dad was a blue-collar worker, and um, just worked. they worked hard. My mm. family worked hard. Yeah. The time that we did have together as a family, um, we spent in the outdoors. We would always go, you know, camping or mm. fishing or, you know— um, and, and that was sweet, sweet times in our family. Mm-hmm. Um, it did um, cause some friction uh, in our lives uh, growing up because, you know, opening day is not always on the most perfect, you know, day. And, mm. and that did interfere with holidays and such and, um, and did kind of bring some, some friction in the house. And so my dad would spend a lot of time with my brother. I don't know. I just felt like that he, he wanted, wanted to spend more time with my brother than, mm. than he did with me. Mm. Um, and so, uh, that kind of gave me a little bit of a, I don't know, we were close, but we just weren't, um, I didn't have that daddy's girl mm-hmm. that I always mm-hmm. saw in, in other girls and their daddy's relationships. Um, my mom and I spent a lot of time together, um, and we would shop a lot. It was, uh, very, um, tiptoe around, mm. he would tiptoe around her, she would tiptoe around him. And, mm. um, it was just really, really tough sometimes. Mm. Um, but we, we talked about very little. Um, there wasn't much talk about anything. We didn't discuss anything. And so, um, whenever I was uh, 16 years old, um, my, my brother was 15 and my mom and dad called us into their bedroom and, um, explained to us that they felt like we were old enough now that, we could go ahead and get a divorce and, mm. um, and that we would understand that. 
Um, mm. While I felt I did understand it, I was I was a little heartbroken. I was a lot heartbroken, actually. Mm. Um, I was working as a dental assistant um, in our hometown. We lived in a small town mm. uh, in Louisiana. I just started uh, kind of feeling like, you know, um, this picture of perfection that I always thought that my family was, um, was kind of crumbling around me. Mm. It was really tough. Mm. Um, and so I leaned a lot on my papaw and my mamaw at the time. Um, they would always open their home to us and, um, and just really cared for us kids. But, um, my dad was an alcoholic and, um, he did have some issues with, um, drug abuse and such, um, growing up and, and really just never really kind of stopped that. He was Mm -hmm. functioning. He, he was a great worker. He always went to work on time, never Mm -hmm. missed a day of work. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did always have, I call it the monkey on his back because mm. it just really weighed him down. Yeah. In that, um, there were some things that played out, um, over the next few months that would really just kind of drive my dad into a deep depression. Mm. And, um, he spent a lot of time, um, talking to people about, um, ways out and how, you know, he could, um, sleep. He was having trouble sleeping. Um, I found out that my mom asked him to detox from the alcohol and the drugs. And, um, as a result, now that I'm on the other side of this, I realized that, um, you know, drugs and alcohol are not, um, just something that you do, but it literally takes over your body. And, Mm -hmm. and there's a, there's a um, process that your body goes through and detox that, a lot of people just don't understand, and I had no clue. Mm. Um, but he didn't sleep for um, many days, and he lived with his mother um, as a result of them splitting up. And um, so my mom was as involved as she could be um, mm-hmm. at the time, but um, I think that there were just some things there that um, she she had no control over. She tried to control him for her his whole life sure. and, and their whole marriage. They they got married whenever they were very young and mm. um but unfortunately this was one thing that, you mm. know and fortunate you know, at the same time. Um there's two sides to that coin but sure. um but anyway, so all that to say, um, my dad um I was in the the dental office working Um, and we had just finished up the last patient, um, before lunch and I heard a woman in the, uh, waiting room. I heard her crying and I went in there to the waiting room and it was my mom. Mm. And she told me that my dad had just taken his life Mm. and, um, I just fell to my knees. I, I didn't. I didn't know, I didn't know what to say or what to do, and um, that really started just kind of a downward spiral in my life. Mm. Um, I felt abandoned. I didn't understand how to um, deal with the grief of losing my dad. I didn't know who to blame. My mom, shortly after that, had a boyfriend, and I, I wanted to blame him, and... sure. Uh, you know, every every um, person that I could grab a hold of to place blame on besides my dad because mm. um, uh, I, it was just a really hard time. Mm. It was a really hard time. So um, when you are in that downward spiral, like you said, what, what did your day-to-day life look like? Mm-hmm. So I was 16, and it was in between the middle of my junior and senior year um, in high school, and... Um, I spent quite a bit of time drinking with my friends. I had older friends who were not in school anymore, and so Mm -hmm. I would hang out with them and and drink most of the time. And being from a small town, everybody knows your story. Mm. And so um, a lot of people felt bad for what we were going through. And Mm. um, as a result, kind of enabled me to not come Mm. to school. And and I, I think that a lot of times people shy away from the hard things like that because they don't know what to say or, mm-hmm. you know, they don't know what to do. And so they don't get involved because they, they don't know how to handle the situation. Mm, that's um, true. Yeah. And so I just kind of skipped along. 
um, and did my own thing and, um, and got, I didn't, I never really got into trouble per se. Um, but, uh, but I did spend a lot of time with a lot of people that were not, um, not helping me at all. Mm -hmm. And, um, and in that, I mean, you're dealing with grief. You're a, I mean, 16 year old, right? Mm-hmm. So you're dealing with grief and your identity is still being formed and, and, you know, you're not knowing how to deal with all this, I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah. I, um, I spent a lot of time, um, talking with a couple of my friends, um, that I trusted and, you know, I, I don't know, I, because I wasn't, um, in the word and I wasn't, I didn't have Christian friends a lot of the advice that I got was, you know, just selfish and really sure. worldly advice that, mm-hmm. um, that just really, while it felt like it was helping me in the moment, um, in the long term, it, it mm-hmm. was just kind of getting me by, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So fast forward a few years and mm-hmm. you are in college and tell me about a little bit about when you met Shelton. Okay. So, um, yes, fast forward a couple of years, um, I went to school and I went locally there to the community college in Bossier City. And, um, I had, I was in an apartment with a girlfriend of mine and, um, and so we spent a lot of time just hanging out and, you know, doing our thing. I was um, trying to get my life together and Mm. go to school. I wanted to be a dental hygienist. And, Mm. um, and so I worked really hard at school and I, have to study. I don't know about you, Rand, but mm, I, I do. Oh goodness, girl. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not just Shelton, you know, mm-hmm. I really feel like he can go to school and listen to what they have to say and yep. make an A every time. Yeah. Like, really? Yes. Study. And so I studied yeah. really hard. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and ended up, I, I was still working at the dental office and, okay. um, and then felt like I need more money. And I need a more flexible schedule. So mm-hmm. um, I started working in the restaurant industry. I worked at Red Lobster. Okay. And uh, I started meeting friends there that um, drank and um, they did, you know, pharmaceutical drugs and smoked marijuana and things like this. And so mm-hmm. um, started hanging out with people that, you know, would take me back to some of the things that um, kind of comforted me in my downward spiral mm. many years earlier. Through that process, I um, had a girlfriend who worked at a gas station, and I spent a good bit of time just hanging out with her at the gas station. Mm. And um, and she dated a guy who had a friend. Oh, yeah. And they came into the gas station one day, and I thought he was just the cutest little thing. Oh, he was, yeah, he was three years younger than me. Okay. Um, and but I was not leading on to liking this guy at all. I wanted nothing to do with him. He mm. was a kid. Uh-huh. He sure <laughs> was cute. Because um, at this time, what? How old are you? I mean, you're I still was, pretty young. I was nineteen. Okay. Okay. So he's sixteen, and, and you're like, no, thank you. Yeah. He looked like a little Backstreet Boy to me. He had the curly <laughs> little blonde hair and totally Justin Timberlake ish. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was, <laughs> I was digging him, but again, he was yep, good. Too young. But I couldn't shake him. Okay. He um, just all the time was just right there next to me. Wanted to, you know, um, anytime that I was going anywhere, he wanted to be there with me. Mm. Um, but he was in a time in his life that um, he had gone down a path of destruction himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shelton was raised in a home that had really super strict religion mm-hmm. and um, just decided that he was breaking free of that. Um, he lost his mom whenever he was six years old to mm-hmm. six or six or ish mm-hmm. years old um, to breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And so he had a lady that moved um, into his life named Joanne, who is just, she's such a godly woman. She's so Mm. sweet and so kind and just loving. And uh, she had been a missionary in St. Croix for uh, several years and was 40 years old when she was 
called back to the States to raise Shelton and his siblings. And um, mm. so his dad was really super abusive. And um, mm. so that was a really hard time for her. But she was really the angel for those kids. Mm. Um, but there came a time where he um, rebelled and um, went his own way and um, started kind of living really homeless. Mm, um, for, wow. For a short time. And um, while he still had um, a relationship with his mom, it was one that um, was not, he was just a rebellious teenager. Yeah, yeah. And she loved him very much, but at the same time, she just could not continue as a single parent to. Mm, mm. Um, so he was um, emancipated and, um, and went to live on his own. Um, and now me being tell me uh, tell me about that like emancipated mm-hmm. so he this is when he's like I am done with the parents I'm moving out I'm on my own and he's not 18 yet right no he gotcha. was not 18 gotcha. um, he was he was 15 I believe 15 or 16 when he was emancipated it was shortly before I met him that, that mm, happened gotcha um his father was um had left Joanne and Shelton went to live with her gotcha so basically, you know, she was all he had. Mm. And, um, but like I said, they just lived a really hard life. Yeah. It was yeah. hard. And, um, all that plays into our Shelton and my, um, parenting now in regards to the kids and just living that life on the outside that everybody wants to see, but on the inside. Mm. You know, it, it's just falling apart. And so, mm. um, back around to, um, to his, um, emancipation and everything being, um, that he was on his own. I was the type where I wanted to rescue anytime that mm. I had a friend or, um, a boyfriend or any, it was always, I'm going to get this person who needs me. And Mm. I learned that at an early age. I realized that Mm -hmm. whenever, you know, later on that, um, that I became the rescuer, um, for, for people. And that's what I was going to do. I was going to scoop him up and I was going to take care of him and I was going to fix him. Shelton and I uh, moved into an apartment together and we were going to get our lives on track. Our friends were, um, we had one friend that had died from, an overdose. Mm. Uh, we had another friend that had died from suicide and I just, I was the goody two shoes mm-hmm. and, you know, before mm-hmm. everything started spiraling down, uh, with me and I just felt like, okay, well, we're going to get out of this. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to rescue him and we were going to move away mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everything was going to be great. And, yeah. um, and so he and I moved to, we, we had the apartment for a little while. Then we decided we were moving we moved to um, uh, Jackson, Mississippi um, with my uncle and my aunt. So they um, took us into their home, not married. We quickly realized that um, we could change our location, but um, the sins that we still had in our heart were going to mm. come with us. Mm. Through that, um, we ended up, Shelton's, Shel- we met Shelton's aunt and uncle who had a small home that needed to be renovated, and um, they allowed us to renovate the home mm. and to live in it for $200 a month. Oh, wow. The sweetest little gig you could ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, and his aunt and uncle lived next door to us, and um, she uh, was just the sweetest Christian lady. I, I just loved the way she loved people mm. and, um, and cared for people, and there, she had some things going on in, in her family that um, could have been very easily um, pushed aside by her. But instead, she just loved those in her life um, through everything, including us. She mm. didn't even know us. Mm. And, you know, they took us in and, and just loved us. Um, and so we lived there for two years and um, still kind of dealing with some alcohol and that type things. Um, we got married, um, during that process. I thought, okay, well, once I marry him, surely I'll, 
you know, be able to get him fixed by then, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. I can get, I can fix him through this whole marriage thing. Yeah. And, uh, and I realized very quickly that it just made me feel trapped. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it wasn't, there wasn't an escape anymore, but I was, um, I was trapped. Um, and was I going to have to deal with this for the rest of my life? Because a lot of times, um, growing up, I thought of marriage as something that everybody just did. And it was something that everybody just kind of dealt with. And, mm. you know, um, you picked the one that you felt like you could possibly live the rest of your life with that you weren't going to choke to death, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, right, I, right, you sure. Know? And, um, and so it, it wasn't a picture of just, um, you know, uh, living life alongside each other and building each other up. Mm. Um, but uh, so... We went through um, those two years. During that time, Shelton was burned. Um, he got caught on fire in oh. a construction accident. Oh, my goodness. And um, ended up uh, being in the hospital for three weeks uh, mm. with skin graft surgeries. We went through several surgeries. Oh, and, my goodness. Um, yes. And so um, through that time, he developed a, um, an addiction to pain pills. Mm. An unfortunate thing that we, as, you know, on the other side of this, are seeing so rampant mm. in all walks of life. It's not just those that are dealing with alcohol and mm. things like that. It's people that um, have never touched a drug in their lives um, mm. going through a surgery or something that um, they become addicted to, to narcotics. Uh, wow. Um, and so we dealt with that. Um and, uh, for several years, um, and then we, Shelton, uh, I decided after my papa got real sick that we needed to move back home. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, uh, I don't remember, I guess I was 22 at the time, maybe mm-hmm. 20, yeah, around 22. Um, and we had the perfect plan and Shelton was going to go to work and I was going to go to school and I was going to, um, get back to the dream that I had of going Mm. to college and everything was going to be great. And, Mm. um, we were going to, uh, just have this perfect little life that Mm. was all planned out and everything was going to be awesome. Mm. Um, and then what happened? (laughs) What happened after that was, um, Shelton took a job in Afghanistan um, this was right Whoa. after um, 9-11, and okay. um, everybody was all patriotic at the time and mm-hmm. wanted to go and serve our country, and mm-hmm. um, and this was a way that he could do that, and he could make a lot of money doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so he went overseas, and um, he came home for uh, R&R, and I got pregnant with Silas. And so he spent the time that I was pregnant— um, in Afghanistan and then came home when uh, we were about to induce with Silas and then Silas was born and Mm. six days later, Shelton went back to Afghanistan. Oh, wow. Yes. And so I grew very close to my mom and my grandmother Mm. um, through that time. Obviously we were always really close, but Mm. um, they especially, yeah. And so they kind of became the, um, if I had something that I was dealing with, who do I go to for the answers? And it was them. Um, and, you know, I was married, but yeah, he was gone. wasn't leading me. Yeah, he was yeah. gone. Um, and so uh, whenever he came back, um, we had, I had already purchased a home and he came back to a new baby, a house, no job, you mm. know, and things were just kind of a whirlwind for him. I mean, Mm. I can imagine he was over there on his own and um, everything was great and we were making all this money. And then he came home and he had this, you know, wife with a baby that cried all the time. And Mm. it was just hard. It was really hard. Sure. Um, And so uh, he and I grew apart uh, big time through that. And his uh, addiction became worse. Mm. And, um, and then he went to work for Lowe's and, um, with Lowe's, we moved to Texarkana, Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was about 80 miles from home. Okay. And so, um, we ended up staying there for, uh, I guess about maybe a year ish. Mm. 
And then I got pregnant with Addison. We moved back home to mm. Louisiana. And um, I, again, felt like if I have this baby, then things are going to be good. Mm. You know, I'm going to, mm. we're going to, this baby's going to make everything better. Mm. Um, and then my papa died. Mm. And the only man that I ever felt loved me was mm. gone. Mm. He he truly loved me through everything that I ever went through. He loved me, mm. and um, and so when he died, I just it crushed me. Mm. Um, and so I just I I, I fell apart. Um, and then I had this new baby, and mm. so then I had two children. Yeah. Um, and then. We got a call. Um, well, then Shelton changed jobs mm. and uh, went to work for Dillard's. Okay. Um, and so, but the first assignment with Dillard's was back in Texarkana. Okay. Where I felt extremely lonely and away mm. from my family. Mm. And um, I needed to, um, I just needed them to direct me and guide me on everything. Mm. Um, and so I, uh, did that. And, um, during that time, Shelton decided that he didn't want to be married anymore. Mm. And so we, I filed for divorce and we were separated for, um, about 10 months. Uh, during which time I went to church with Shelton's mom. Um, we spent, um, I spent a ton of time there in, in the Pentecostal church with her, the mm. worship there. If you've never been to a Pentecostal oh, yeah. church, girl. Mm, it is. Uh, it's amazing. Let me tell you what. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just felt the Holy Spirit like I had never felt before. I, I just, um, there was just something about that worship and just being um, broken before the Lord. Those people cry in church mm-hmm. more than mm-hmm. anybody I've ever seen. And, um, it, it's, it's an amazing thing to see just the brokenness before the Lord. And let me um, back up for a second yeah. before. So he doesn't want to be married. And so you file for divorce instead of him. Yep. Cause he didn't want to, but then he didn't want to file for divorce. Um, I think it came down to, um, we had always talked about it and I was just fed up mm. at that point. So he I said he just, didn't want to be married and you're like, I'm done. I'm done too. Yeah. 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 And, and then, go ahead. Well, what did you, so what did, where did you go? What did you, you have two babies. I mean, a baby mm-hmm. and a little toddler, right? So mm-hmm. where did you go when y'all separated? Did you stay at the house? Did he move mm-hmm. out? Mm-hmm. Where did he go? So he stayed, he um, his job offered him an apartment in mm. the place that he worked. Gotcha. And so he stayed in the apartment and I couldn't stay at the house with the new baby and everything. I just, Mm-mm. it was just too much for me. Not that I couldn't handle it physically, but just emotionally I was a wreck. And sure. so, um, so I went to live with my mom mm. and, gotcha. um, and stayed there, uh, with her throughout the whole time that we were separated. Okay. And so how are you feeling about this? I mean, you have two, I mean, take us kind of through the emotions that you can remember what you were feeling at that time. You have two kids, a baby, a toddler, you're filed for divorce. You're living on your own. How do you, how are you feeling? I was desperate. Mm. I was desperate for answers. I wanted I wanted to be loved. I wanted someone to care for me. I thought I had this picture in my mind of, you know, a husband and a wife who loved each other and they were raising a family and the husband took interest in the kids and, and everything. And it just wasn't what, it just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, and like I said, I, I just reached out for anything that I could find to, um, make me feel, um, just make me feel loved. And Shelton's mom, mm. in sharing her faith with me, just gave me hope. Mm. Um, you know, and um, 
a few people in the church really um, came alongside and just loved me. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so at that time, they were seeing, these people had grown up with Shelton. Mm-hmm. And so they saw him, you know, and the things that we were going through. And uh, one of the gentlemen who was actually in our wedding mm-hmm. um, came or called Shelton and said, what in the world? You know, your wife is at church and mm-hmm. she's praying for you. And I didn't want my marriage to end. Right. Rand. Sure. I wanted, I wanted it to work out, but you know, there's only so many times that you can go back and forth and say, mm. you know, this is not working out. I need you to change. I need, mm. and, um, and so he, Shelton decided to work it out with me and we, um, he came back and asked me to work on our marriage. And mm. of course my family wasn't excited about that because they had mm. watched me mm. go through all of the things that we had gone through. Sure. Um, and so there was some opposition there, but, um, I just really felt like what I needed to do was to work on my marriage. Mm. I, there was just something about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we got back together. We lived there in town with my family um, close by for the next three years. Um, we had some friends that went to a church that um, we felt like we maybe fit in a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of slipped in the back row and, yeah. um, you know, did our thing. And then we would go home and we would stay broken all week long and then get filled up with Jesus on Sunday and then Mm. go back home and, you know, fight Mm. like cats and dogs. So what changed at all? So we went to, um, so Shelton's job, obviously he's still working for Dillard's and they asked him to move to a place called Wichita Falls, Texas. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, well, this is seven hours away from my mom. Mm. How am I going to do this? Right. Um, and, um, So we moved to Wichita Falls. Um, In the meantime, uh, Shelton, I told Shelton, I said, I need you to lead our family spiritually. I knew what we needed. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know how to get there. Mm. Um, And so I sent him this this song called Lead Me by Sanctus Real. I don't know if you've Mm. ever heard of it. I probably have. I don't know the name of it, but I probably have heard it. Yes. And um, it's kind of our our go-to. I mean, it's just Mm. a beautiful, beautiful song that talks about how, um, it's this husband who, um, Oh yes. I've known, I know your trauma. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. I mean, they're living the American dream and, Mm -hmm. um, and the wife is just saying, lead me, lead me, lead me. And in turn, then he turns to the Lord and he says, father, lead me. Mm. And, um, and it was just so perfect for the time because that's what I wanted. I wanted someone to lead me. Mm. And, um, so we got involved in Texas. He, um, had some men that came alongside him and, um, he calls it in his, uh, telling people about it, dude love, which sounds a little bit weird to the world, but, um, (laughs) it was just what he needed. Mm. You know, he needed other men who were stronger in their faith to come alongside him Mm. and just love him and his brokenness. And, Mm. and that's just what they did. Mm. Um, So take us, take us to when the time when you, when y'all really, realized what you were, who you were missing in your Mm -hmm. life. So, um, for the next several weeks and months, we, um, went to ladies Bible study and life group. We were involved in life group and, um, and all of that was going really well. And then they had an event, um, that our church put on. Um, and it was a kind of an outdoor expo, which we were outdoor people. And so we totally into that. And, um, and this evangelist, um, named Jay Louder would, um, preach on a message about a man who he witnessed to in jail and he led him to the Lord and on his way out of the prison, he asked the jailer, so what's, you know, what's up with this guy? Mm. And they told him that he had raped and murdered a little girl. 
And Jay, having a daughter at home, his blood was just boiling. Mm -hmm. You know, like how in the world could God forgive this man? I've just led this man to the Lord and Mm -hmm. all of these things that he had done. So it was at that time that the Lord just grabbed a hold of me and said, Babe, I love you that much. And all of these years of me searching for that male who could love me and care for me and and want me, that was the day that I married the man who would change my life. Mm. It was an amazing, amazing transformation. Um, I would be baptized the next week, um, and it was, I, I prayed, Lord, Take these things away. Take I smoked cigarettes for fifteen years. Really? I said, Lord, take this away from me. I don't mm-hmm. want it anymore. I don't mm-hmm. I don't wanna have these feelings of bitterness and anger and all of these things in my heart. And um and so um I could see the Lord very tangibly taking these things wow. um away from me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was a beautiful thing and, and I was you know, just completely transformed and mm-hmm. um but it wasn't until I started to really dig in and really start studying God's Word and just understand who I was in Christ, that so much of what I had carried with me just started falling off. Mm. And I started looking different. I started talking different. I started walking different. I I was that whole, um, you know, being a new creature in Christ. I mm. mean, it, it was the real deal with me. Mm. Um, and Shelton noticed yeah. And um and it was with that that he um just really realized, okay, this is this is it. This is the real deal. We need to jump in head first and that's mm, what we did. Mm, mm. And you've never been the same. Never. Praise the Lord. So tell me a little bit about the impact of people around you, of surrounding mm-hmm. you and community that have mm-hmm. made a difference since you made mm-hmm. this decision to follow Jesus? So um, in Wichita Falls, we had um, just an amazing group of people that came alongside us. They took small groups and life groups seriously. We did mm. life together. Mm. And it was so um, awesome to have what we now call the um, Paul, Barnabas, and Timothy in mm. our life that mm. You know, we had someone pouring into us and we had friends that we could do life alongside. And then we also had people that we were pouring into. Mm. Um, Even being baby Christians and brand new believers, we still had, you know, um, something to offer others as long as we were in his word, you know, and um, and we were abiding in Christ. Then he would Mm. use us no matter how long we had known him. Mm. Um, And so it was just um, really ingrained in us early on, um, just discipleship. Mm. And so that's our heart and just mm. really uh, pulling alongside other people mm. and just walking with the Lord together. So how is your marriage different today than it was before you mm-hmm. met Jesus? Mm-hmm. So um, before I met the Lord, I spent a lot of time trying to focus on Shelton and his faults and Mm. all of the things that he was doing that were affecting me. And, um, when he really realized that I was getting close to the Lord, he said, aren't you going to work on our marriage? And I said, no, I'm not actually, Mm. I need to work on my relationship with the Lord and get my heart right before I can, Mm. you know, work on our relationship. And Mm. so, um, and so he was like, okay, well, let's see how this goes. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, um, and so I, um, started just really walking closely with the Lord, learned who I was in Christ, started, um, seeing the, um, forgiveness that he had for me. And at the same time would turn around and offer that forgiveness to my husband mm. that I had never mm. really done before because he owed me and he offended me and mm. how dare he mm-hmm. after I take care of this house and mm-hmm. by the world standards I was a perfect wife uh-huh. you know I did everything that my house was spotless and mm-hmm. my kids were perfectly dressed and everything was just perfect mm-hmm. and um, 
and on the inside and the way that I treated my husband, mm. it was I just yeah broken. Um, yeah, and so um, one of my girlfriends um, actually shared with me a verse in First Peter, and I want to read it to you. Okay. Um, it says, "Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they will be won without a word, without a word, mm. by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct." Mm. And for me. That whole without a word thing, it you know, whenever you're, uh, whenever you have the Holy Spirit in your heart and you're reading God's word, it just speaks so loud and clear to you. Mm-hmm. And that's what jumped out on the page to me is without yeah. a word because that's what He wanted to tell me. I don't need your words. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need your words to change His heart. Mm-hmm. He knows me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I will change Him. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that's what He did. Mm-hmm. I love it. And you just really ask God to change your heart, and that's when you stop trying to fix your marriage. So it's totally like a 180. I mean, it's a total 180 Mm -hmm. from when y'all were not walking with the Lord or knew the Lord, and then now. And there's exciting things coming up for y'all. You can probably mention it real quick um, of what God, I've just seen in your journey with each other and with um, the Lord just in the last few months of how mm-hmm. um, you just are obeying Him and walking, um, you know, just stepping out on faith. Mm-hmm. And so tell us what's coming up next for y'all. So, yeah. Um, so you mentioned early on um, about Shelton and today being his last day at yeah. Dillard's. Yeah. Um, it's been a 12-year journey that has really, we have just come from, you know, one end of the 180 to the other. I mean, it's just mm. amazing the, mm. the difference in our lives. We have been processing for several months with the International Missions Board and have been um, called to uh, missions. Um, we don't know how it's going to pan out or mm. where we're going or what we're going to be doing when we get there or um we really don't have any answers at this point, mm-hmm. um, but that seems to be the um, direction that the Lord is calling us. Over the last several years, Shelton and I have felt a call to missions. Mm. Um, we did not know what that looked like, and um, we knew that it would be something in the way of marriage ministry. As far as um, you know, actual kingdom work, I felt like, you know, we really are making an impact here and, Mm -hmm. you know, our story is being heard and, um, but at the same time, we always felt like there's something more that Mm -hmm. we want to get this story out to as many people as we possibly can, Mm -hmm. um, and just share with the world. Like you don't have to, um, live in this everyday mundane Mm -hmm. life and marriage. Like you can live what I thought was a fake marriage, mm-hmm. you know, um, for so many years, um, you can live in victory and you can be best friends and you can gross your kids out. That's what we're going through <laughs> with the kids now. They're like, y'all are just gross. And I'm like, we, we have five kids. We're like, yes. praise the Lord. They see affection in our marriage. But, That's right. um, so we had been experiencing, um, just seeing people come to the Lord and marriages changed and lives changed. Um, but we really felt like there was more. And, um, and so we just started praying, Lord, what would you have us to do? And, um, we knew that, um, living in the home that we were living in, um, we felt like we were not freed up to do that next thing, whatever the Lord had for us. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of stepped out on faith and we said, okay, we're going to sell our house. And, um, for a little bit there, we thought we were just moving down the road. We didn't know, you know, what that looked like. And, um, a couple of years ago, Shelton went to Honduras, um, on a short-term missions trip and spent some time with some guys who, um, just really wrecked him. He came home and he's like, we need to move to Honduras. And I was like, you're crazy. Cause that's not okay. <laughs> well, he certainly did fall in love with them and, um, it did, really impress upon his heart the need for um, people, not just in the United States, but all over the world to hear about Jesus and just showed him a level of brokenness that he had never been exposed to. Mm -hmm. But he really just prayed 
that the Lord would show him what our next step was. And I, like I said, I really didn't feel like international missions was for me. That was Mm. for somebody, but it wasn't for me. Mm. And, um, and like I said, we knew that we wanted to go into to ministry. We knew that the Lord had um, a plan for us in regards to ministry. We didn't know what that looked like, and we didn't know when it was going to happen. People he brought into our lives to really speak truth to us and just to confirm the calling that he had placed on our lives. Mm. Um, and it was just so exciting to be able to, you know, go back to your journal um, and say, you know, this is what he did today. This is what he did today. And yes. the neat um, way that he just intertwines people that you've never even met in your life. Mm. People just showed up on our doorstep and, you know, were telling us all about being missionaries. And we're able to talk to my kids about mm. just being a missionary kid and how much fun it was and how a lot of their family is still in uh, missions. And, and so, if we'll just listen for his calling and and just abide in him, he'll use us. And it's and it's super exciting. Yes. It really is. To it see is. that in others, to see that in you, but also in our own life. That it's just exciting to see what's next. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Ren. It's been a pleasure. Um, I am so excited to um, just be able to talk to you finally. I know yes. It's taking us a minute to touch bases, but I did want to be able to share with you um, just kind of some of the things that we had um, coming up in the future and do the to be continued. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I want to report again when you'll get settled in your new place, um, wherever that may be, wherever God leads you. So yes. thank you. Thank you so much. I was really happy that Brandy got to share her story with me on the podcast. And one thing I want to tell you about Brandy is that she walks the same way that she talks. Uh, When I texted her to let her know when the episode was going to be coming out, all she did was write praying. Brandy shares her story in order for us to see the glory of God and how God changed her life and changed her marriage. And she wanted to share that hope with us today. And I'm so glad she did. Don't forget, I would love to connect with you over on Instagram at Friends of a Feather Podcast or on Facebook. Remember, we're all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends.